hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Saddlecast. I'm myself, Glyn Price, and I'm joined as usual by Ollie Warner, who I'm sure, like every Shrewsbury Town fan, is enjoying a Sunday evening celebrating a win. Yep, I left the meadow with a smile on my face. <laughs> everyone was very happy and happy to let people by, and yet everyone was very patient and very cordial because of that win made everyone very happy. And as Askey said himself, hopefully everyone enjoyed a nice pint last night. I'm sure there were lots of real ales drunk in Shropshire, knowing our fan base, Ollie, you know the way it is. And um, yeah, I don't know, if you'd have, if you'd have thought about that last win uh, at the end of last season which was obviously the home playoff leg if you'd have sat there you know riding the crest that wave and, and someone had said to you we're not going to win until the 15th September you probably would have laughed back then wouldn't you yeah you'd probably <laughs> be quite worried if someone said that to you you would <laughs> um, but yeah you it's unlikely isn't it I think especially as the circumstances we've gone on a lot about it's been very a very unusual start to the season it has and, and, and in terms of the start of the season we've tried our best to keep our chin up well uh, it's not been going exactly well on the pitch but I think Saturday give for the first time a real steer for me of, of the positives and, and and the things we can really maybe start looking forward to a little bit more this season now than maybe I'd seen previously so there's obviously lots of good things to talk about there were some things in the game that I think we, we can probably question as well Ollie but um, all in all it's nice to be able to, to do this analysis you know knowing that we got three points safely in the bank so yeah I don't really think there's any need to, to hang around this week Ollie let's get straight into the match action So, as I said, Saturday the 15th September, Shrewsbury Town's first win of the season, first league win and in all competitions. And uh, it was the visit of Southend United that finally did it for us with uh, Shrewsbury running out 2-0 victors with a, a goal through Greg Doherty very early on after five minutes and then a, an incredibly well-timed second from uh, Angle on 40-45 plus a couple of minutes, I think it was. Um, Southend unable to respond. So, yes, 2-0 win uh, and it moved us up in the league. We'll come to that in a minute. But, yeah, attendance was interesting, Ollie. It was, it was quite low, 5,650. And I think we're past the point of saying a lot of people are playing cricket and it's summer holiday still. I think I think we've gone beyond that. But um, you know, years ago we'd have said five thousand six hundred was a fantastic attendance. But I think you know, hopefully with the win and 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 bits and pieces here and there, we might start to grow that attendance as the, as the season goes on again. Yeah, it was a disappointing attendance. I mm. was. It was quite funny. I went down to get a drink at half time near the end of half time and got a drink. Came back and Ian said, "Well, that was quick." And my brother was commenting as we walked to the ground that it was quiet and yeah, yeah it was normally that thousand. I guess were mostly missing from the west stand, pretty much because the south stand's pretty full these days. So yes, it was um, helped get a coffee, but it's a little bit worrying for the club. Obviously, yeah. results. You know, those guys who buy their tickets in advance um, have obviously decided not to. So fingers crossed, they'll come back um, with obviously going reports and a, and, a, and a three points yeah I think you think we, it's up to you know Shrewsbury Town fans far and wide to spread the word now that things might be turning a corner and there is a good team there and it's it's worth coming back but um, yeah it's interesting it didn't look like 5,600 or less than that to be honest with you but oh, there you go who knows what's going on they, they count tickets of season ticket holders who are not there but um Hopefully it grows up, but uh, yeah, in terms of what it did to us, Ollie, and our record at the moment, what's that? Yeah, so we're now up to 17th in the league, which is a little bit more healthy. Hooray! Sitting in the bottom in the relegation zone. Um, in, a good stat, actually. We're unbeaten in seven, which is quite <laughs> wow. encouraging. Um, but it is to go seven, to go seven games unbeaten is, is a good record. Obviously, yeah, to draw yeah. them all is, apart from one, not it's not good. But um, yeah, to, to, to be unbeaten seven is good. And obviously to get a clean sheet as well at home was good. So yeah, we're just rewards for the for the defence. Um, so yeah, moving on to the defence. So um, we had a new sign-in, Glenn, in the back four. So we had oh, Coleman in God. goal, Emmanuel at right back, Waterfall, Sadler, and this new chap called Buckles. So yeah, He was um, good. So that, 
Yeah, he was good, good player, wasn't he, Buckles? Yeah, I don't think Beckles is getting back in the team anytime soon. No, I think he's... Omar Buckles was a, was a scene. Yeah, I think he should start next week. Definitely, definitely got to start Buckles and um, left back next week. He's a good player. Um, then Grant and Doherty and Norburn. So Doherty came in for Laurent, um, who was dropped. Um, Worley and Chiliad started on the wing, and Angle came back um, up front um, to replace Sharp after um, yeah the the great news that he's not, he's had a father. I don't know if it's the first or second time, but yeah. Um, what did you make of the, the team news at two p.m. Glenn? Um, well, we should just briefly, when we joked about it, we should go back to the Buckles thing, just for anyone who doesn't know, we managed to make I thought the, you might. Well, yeah, we should just do it, but, you know, the glaring error on the team sheet that was handed out to all the local press and, and press from other clubs, and also on all of the sort of social media accounts that she's put out, they misspelled Beckles' name wrong, and not great, is it, when I think, you know, there was a thing that Brian had had a chat with the media department, it was something that was raised at the Sports Parliament meeting, and then the very next, you know, competitive... So what was said at the Supporters Parliament out of interest? Unfortunately, the, the meeting notes haven't been issued yet, but I'd keep an eye out for it on Blue and Amber. Oh, and you then, didn't go this time? No, I missed it, unfortunately, with work. I was, oh, okay. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Ollie, I was doing a speed awareness course. <laughs> I, couldn't, <laughs> I, I couldn't make it. I was, uh, yeah, otherwise engaged. But, um, and it's something the club are obviously trying to improve on. So I think that, um, yeah, it still points out that there, there's still big steps to be made there because it was quite an embarrassing error, wasn't it, for football club? But after I'd got over laughing at how <laughs> ridiculous of a mistake that was, um, I thought, yeah, it was the sort of team I expected. I, I expected the shop to get dropped after last week and, and we talked about that on the podcast last week. Angle, was clearly our, our first choice striker I think so I was glad to see him come back in I think the most interesting thing really was the, the three central midfielder wasn't it and the, and the dropping of Laurent and bringing back Doherty and um, obviously he had a great impact at the game last week in terms of coming on and scoring and I think it was a, probably a fair change and, and having seen how that three played together I think it, it was very very validated the decision that uh, Askey made on Saturday Yeah I was surprised if I'm honest a little bit when I yeah. saw the team um, but that three um, do um, give us a nice balance um, Doherty's definitely a, a, you know, a natural attacking midfielder um, and he's a bit of a yeah as we come on to um, very tidy finish and that's two goals and two games for him now so yeah no surprise that um, um, Askey went for that lineup. so yeah all in all it was good I, I did actually think that maybe Gilad would get a, a drop and maybe Faye mm. would get a start on the flank I, was, yeah. I just want to see this lad play I've heard so many good things about him um, so yeah so so that was it and then I did see something that was tweeted Glenn but I didn't, didn't really have the chance to read it um, there was something about changing rooms yeah I don't and again I'm only I only bring this up on the podcast really because I'm not too sure how many Supertown fans are aware of it but there was a very big sort of upgrade of the changing room facilities over the summer and I think um, last year one of my kids was uh, a mascot I mentioned on the podcast and we went into the changing rooms and they were you know bare basic-y kind of you know sort of things you might get <laughs> you know uh, a sort of recreational pitch um, you know benches everywhere with, with with a sort of couple of tables movable tables in the middle but they tweeted out a picture of what the new changing rooms look like and they look like the sort of thing you see on you know this Amazon Man City documentary or you know you see the sort of pictures from inside Premiership change rooms where they've got like a little box with sort of lockers underneath and sort of their their shirts hanging in a specific space. It looked proper neat and tidy, I thought. I thought in terms of, you know, presenting something to a football player to make them feel that little bit special, that little bit more respected, that little bit more, this is, you know, a serious matter now. I think it's done. I think it's done a good thing, and I think they've had it done all season. So it's not like it made the difference on Saturday. But first time I'd seen a real clear picture of it, and I thought we should put some credit to the club because again, it's another little aspect of the football club that's just moved on to something a bit more professional. Yeah, though it's good. It's yeah, it's good, and also in the in the week where. Um... Yeah, obviously, Oldham finally um, released their accounts. So they're the last club of the 92 um, to do their accounts, which a little bit dodgy accounts by all means. Um, but um, yeah, um, it was interesting to see that Shrewsbury have got no debt. So yeah, it's good to see that we can make these investments without having to get a loan. 
Yeah, us and Rochdale were the only two clubs in 1617 to post uh, to have no debt, and also one of only three clubs to post a profit that year. And, I, and we talk about it a lot on the podcast don't we, about it being something very proud of as as a football club to not be in debt and not be relying on. I think Coventry had twenty million pounds worth of debt or whatever it was, and um, yeah, it shows that then when you don't run with that debt and you make a little bit of money, you've got the chance to invest that in little upgrades here and there. And we've done the changing rooms, we've done sorry, we did the changing pit, the changing facilities up at sorry, the training facilities up at um, Sundorn. We've obviously then done the pitch and the community department have had a bit of money spent. It's, it, it's an evolving you know element of trying to bring that football club up to something a little bit more than what it was before. And yeah, I think it's good, and and, and that financial aspect is is right, Ollie. So. Yeah, there we go. So we'd seen the team. We'd we'd had a laugh. We'd we'd sort of thought, yeah, this is what we wanted to see. And um, yeah, we went into the first half, and it certainly was an exciting first half, Ollie. Yeah, it was an action packed. That's for sure. Um, and, and it didn't take long for Shrews to get onto the score sheet. And it was really nice to score an open play. Um, yes. And it started brightly, so um, a bit of a theme of the game, really. Actually, quite a lot of themes um, kind of occurred in this goal. So, um, so Gilead gets the ball on the left flank um, after the midfield three harried and pressed their midfield. Um, Grand got the ball, played a nice ball out to him, and he was about halfway in our in their half. And he ran basically the entire length of the half, kind of scoop past the fullback quite easily. Um, did this little scoop pass back to Doherty, yep. who takes a really nice, calm um, f- first touch, and Cooley finishes into the back of the net. And yeah. five minutes in, we're away. Rifled at home. That was how I described it. Yeah. I think it, proper proper rifle of it, wasn't it? And it was it was good reward for what again Askey had been saying in the press. Again, you know, obviously we listened to some of the interviews and the build up that he wanted a fast start, he wanted a quick start, and. It, you know that that fast start. We we were good at pressing. We still got right in their faces, and we really went at them. And um, yeah, as soon as the goal went in, you felt a big pressure, not just released from the fans. I think, but you could kind of see it on on the pitch, really. And we'll come to what happened to us after that because it was quite a different game after that. But it was a very good reward for the for the first sort of five minutes of, of pressing and intensity, um, and a great finish. And um, yeah, you started to started to think, here we go, we've got one. We might we might do in a Bristol Rovers like last season, get four in the first half. But um, the game was completely. All over the shop, really, for the rest of the half, wasn't it? I thought. Yeah, it was a funny, funny game. So for the first, obviously, we scored after five, and yep. then I'd still say we were on top for a little bit longer. Yep, yep. Um, Ollie Norburn was doing some delightful passing and really kind of spraying the ball around. Um, and it's clear that you know the, the team is starting to gel. There's some really nice intricate passing and triangles, and yeah, it was very um, kind of you know good good footballs on the eye. Yep. Um, so we had a good chance um, from Beckles from a corner. It was a really poor, poor clearance in South End. Doherty collects the ball and crosses again for Angle to head straight at the keeper. Yeah, it's a shame he could have maybe done a bit better than that, but still good, good ball, uh, good football by Shrewsbury. So that was impressive. Was, and yep. then South End came into the game, didn't they? They basically kind of really centred around Cox. Um, they had a really good counter attack from midfield. They hit a strike and hit Waterfall's heel, yeah. and then they had a second attempt which bloomed over, which yeah, kind of summed up their game really. Their their finishing kind of really let them down. I, I think from you're right. From ten twelve minutes in, we went you know from being comfortable, sort of controlling the game. We were one 0 up to almost a little bit like we did against Bristol Rovers at the end of last week, where we actually sort of kind of were, were starting to sit a little bit deeper and, and letting them have much of the ball. And, and to be fair, Southend looked a decent team for a lot of the game. You know, particularly their attacking players, they seemed to pop it around nicely. Their wingers were offering nice width like ours were. And I think that in, in terms of, if you look at the overall game, I think that both teams' best play came maybe in the attacking areas, to, to be honest with you. But they would have been mortified to have gone away from that game without scoring. And as you say, they had a couple of chances there. And we'll come on to it as we go through the half. They had some even, even better chances. But, you know... 
Town really kind of rode their luck a, a few times, really, and it was it was it was interesting. I couldn't, and I ask you this question, really. But what, what what do you think changed? What let them back in the game after that fast start? Do you think we just naturally came off it because it's it's impossible to play like that fast intensity all of a half? Uh, I'm not sure. It was an it was an odd kind of just swing. They seemed to just be able to. Their number ten just seemed to find a lot of space. Yes, we couldn't really seem to track them down. And yeah, they did well on the counter attack a few times. Yep, they were playing a kind of four four two stroke. For um for one one with their number ten kind of a bit of a free roll, so he kept popping up all over the place, and yeah after thirty minutes, they had another chance from a corner and he kind of bounced around. Um, unfortunately, yeah we were we were, we came to Cox and he didn't score again, and yeah we were lucky to survive that period. And yeah, I was a little bit concerned at this point because they were doing really well, and you know I think at this point you know I think we were very very lucky not to concede. Yeah, that chance, Coleman dived on it right at the end, didn't he, when, when they were yeah. right in. And um, we were rocking. You couldn't say we weren't rocking. And, and one of the things I thought that was important for South End, and, and I know they didn't score, but if you can consider Shrewsbury Town unlucky over the last few weeks, you've got to say South End were pretty unlucky not to have got level at some point during the first half. And and for me, their tactic that they were playing, you just mentioned it as a four four two or just the number 10 a little bit off, putting two blokes right up on Sadler and Waterfall was, was paying dividends for them. It it, ice, it it just kept them busy all the time and, it, and they were getting a little bit of knockdowns, they were winning balls back in midfield. Our midfield three played really well throughout the whole game but there were times when that number 10's movement was really tricky for them and, and I think that they've seen how we played over the last few weeks and the amount of mistakes and gifts we've given teams and it was almost like they just thought if we can press that defenders, their defence as much as possible with a couple of you know attackers in that area we might be able to force one of those mistakes but you can take all that away from it Credit to the Shrewsbury Town defenders. We didn't cough up any gift in the first half or, or the second half, but particularly when they're in that pressure section, they kept their heads and they didn't commit lazy tackles in the box and, and they seemed to iron out their game a little bit. Well, I'd say we gave them gifts, they just didn't take yeah. them. Well, um, maybe, maybe. But, yeah, because obviously then they had well, then we had that nice counter-attack, really great tackle by Grant, who let um, got Waterfall, uh, Waterfall um, got Wally running and then he had that awful shot on his left foot. That was terrible. He could have played yeah. a number of players. Um, and then there was that great block by Coleman from Cox again, um, and yeah, at this point I'd say that yeah, I was little, I was looking forward to half time. I think I heard quite a few people around me saying, "Let's get to half time, lads. Let's get yeah. to half time." It did feel like, didn't it? Uh, Wally was his enigmatic best again on Saturday, wasn't he? Whereas he, he he did a few bad shots like that. He gave the ball away in defensive areas a couple of times, particularly once down in the corner, which was a real groan from the fans at that point. But his set pieces were bloody good on, on Saturday, I thought again, and and also his crossing was pretty much bang on. So. You know, we get that with Wally, don't we? We're used to it by now, Wally. We do. Yeah. You do, we get that. And he's a league one, classic kind of league one um, yep. professional footballer. Some great touch, some great crosses, but some of them, let's say, could be better moments. <laughs> and by gifts, Wally, I did mean like we didn't give a penalty away or someone put their hands ah, okay. up and gave a penalty away. You know, something just really slack because they were under pressure yeah. and they just made the wrong no, decision. I agree they, with that. They, they, they kept their heads in some quite pressured situations I thought and there was one which was rolling towards the line we, we hook away pretty well so it was good and so we'd rode our luck and then you did feel like god we were going to get into half time 1-0 Ollie and, and that would have been fantastic really considering how the game had gone and I was sort of thinking you know we've played well in all these games recently and we've obviously bodged it up at the end and drawn games it would have been pretty funny for us to have not played well across the whole of this game and, and then won, 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 won our first game of the season that way but um, actually what happened was we, we managed to get two goals ahead didn't we right on the stroke half time yeah it was um, yeah it was a, a t- Attack by Shrewsbury into the car attack. And then number eight hacks down Doherty and gets a yellow, rightly so. It was quite a cynical foul, really, wasn't it? 
Yeah, they, yeah, they were quite. There was a couple of quite cynical tackles when they got beaten in that game. And then yeah, it goes out for a corner. So Wally takes in uh, and finds it way to Wally. They had a bit of a flick on for, again. They weren't that good at defending set pieces. So it flicks on and it comes to angle and yeah, great finish. And I put this here, Glenn. It's a striker's finish. Would yeah. you agree with that? Yeah, he swept it home, didn't he? Didn't need more than a second or two to see the ball coming to him and just have that sort of first time shot. And um, instinctive is the word I would have chose yeah. to use. Yeah. And that's the thing that we've been getting a bit concerned about, haven't we? That we haven't got someone who has that kind of instinctive finish. Um, and it seems that the two players in form and scoring goals, Doherty and um, Angle, both have that instinctive kind of finish and calmness in the box, which we've been badly needing. Well, Angle deserves some credit big time, doesn't he? And, and you're right, we yeah. do need that. And I think that's three starts, three goals for him, isn't it? Which, as a, you know, that doesn't happen for a Shrewsbury time striker very much at all. And, and you know, he's got three now and he, he looks fair set to have a, a decent season in terms of, of banging him in. So, uh, you know, he played well across the whole game. You know, we'll come to more, more of the general things later, later on. But he, he definitely keeps centre-backs occupied. He's, he's never really rests on his heels. He's either making a run or looking to make a run. And if he drops deep, he gets involved in the play. I think overall he offers a lot more than, than you know, we, he obviously offers a lot more than the shop. I mean, that's not a fair comparison in some respects. They're different players, but I think he offers a lot more than Holloway does as well. So I think he's the definitely a missing piece. Um, and we can't go over the top with this win because it is the first one of the season. And if we're not going to go over the top about not winning 11, we shouldn't really throw, go mental about winning one game. But, you know, if we're looking at places where we turned those draws into wins, it's things like how well the midfield played and the instinctiveness of a player like Angle that really might be those little missing pieces that push us from draws to wins. Yeah, no, to agree with that. It's, um, yeah, it's, um, let's not get, too, we didn't get, too, we didn't go get too down with <laughs> no. in the last few games. So let's not no. get too high at this point. Um, so yeah, half time comes to a close. So we scored in extra time. So that was good. Obviously yeah. a nice kind of, you know, in from terms of a, yeah, for South End, that would have been, you know, Terrible time to go two one two nil down. Sorry, not two one. And yeah, um, there was a, a familiar face at half time. Dave Edwards, he's always here, isn't he? Dave Edwards, when when Reading aren't playing or is an international weekend. I, I sent a tweet out saying Dave Edwards is back at half time again. You know, rapturous applause from the Shrewsbury fans. He might as well just stay, hadn't he? And then uh, uh, earlier later that night on the Saturday night, it was liked by Dave Edwards off his Twitter account. So I thought that was quite funny. Maybe you know, he's, he, we were talking about him dropping hints the other week, weren't we? That he wants to come to Shrewsbury and. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's not playing for Redden at the moment, and I know he's injured, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it it just feels very odd that if we were to ever think about it, this would be the time to get him back on a loan signing. In reality, we've got way too many fielders already. We've got so we, too many central <laughs> fielders. We probably don't need until the summer, so we might have to wait for a bit. But, but it would be nice to see him back play in the, in the town shirt. That would be quite nice at the, at the new meadow. That would be nice to see. He certainly wants to cap it for his career, doesn't yeah. he, to be fair? And um, I can see it happening, even if it's for one season, maybe next year. And, and the bloke is, is well-liked. It was interesting, after he did his little half-time piece with, with Ryan Jarvis on the microphone, and he was like, you know, bigging up his sort of role on on the mic. He's quite a, quite an affable chap, isn't he? He went and shook hands with certain stewards that he must have known. And he went and shook hands with a couple of people who obviously shoot town backroom staff that might still be there, and obviously a very well liked character still at the football club. So, yeah, it's always good to see Disco Dave back, isn't it? So, there we go. And uh, 2 0 up, you know, we'd seen Dave Edwards, everyone was buzzing. Um, I got some sweets off him and my dad, like usual, at half time, and then came back to my seat thinking, I think we get, I thought, I said to my mates, I, I said, I think, it was, you know, 2 0 up, and it's not a huge step, is it? But the way that South had played had me worried, but I think within about three or four minutes of the second half, I thought, yeah, this game's won. To be honest with you, I'd have liked a third to kill it off completely, but I thought we'd go, we'd had to go some bad football or some big mistakes to to end up drawing or losing that game from that point. It was quite a comfortable second half, wasn't it? We started well, um, but it's fair to say that the vast majority of highlights were in the first half. Yes, yes, 
Yeah, it was a much yeah. more even game, but I think we, we definitely played sort of South End a little bit more at arm's length in some respects in the second half, but we still created chances in the second half as well. So I think it was a more professional performance does that make sense in the second half I, I, I didn't yeah. feel like we were going to really throw it away or lose it with a, sort of any ba- I mean, the basic errors again it was like they knew that this was it now 2-0 up this was the big chance to get the monkey off the back and they played with that confidence that the two goals provided yep no definitely did and we and we still yeah as you said we created chances um, so it didn't take too long to get the first sh- um, shot um, off so when Wally has a shot from Agilia Cross a really good performance from Agilia on the left hand flank he was definitely a big threat um, and then we had another one, um, a super cross from Wally. This was uh, you know, one of the best crosses he's done all season. Angel takes his time and positions himself so well and does a header. Um, and the keeper does a fantastic save of his feet. Um, and that would have been brilliant, wouldn't England, if we'd scored at that point, because it would have been a, yeah, a nice goal and also great for Angel just to get that another one. Yeah, good movement. Uh, we talked about the shop and that what chance he had in the first half last week and it not being the greatest movement and a, and a sort of more clinical or instinctive striker like we talked about. Unfortunately, he put it right at Dave Stockdale, who's obviously a pretty decent keeper to be honest with you, I thought, from, from Saturday. But um, yeah, he, he did well and it was it was quite you know dynamic in terms of his movement for, for the chance. So um, got to give the guy a bit of credit there. Um, but yeah, it was it was there were a couple of moments, and and I think this just brings me to Coleman because there was a cross from South End where he sort of came out and, and couldn't hold it and sort of half dropped it and then Sadler scrambled it away. And I thought Coleman overall had a pretty good game, didn't he? And we'll come to it. He made a couple of other saves later on. He made one or two in the first half. But again, he's kicking. Did you spot a couple of times in the game where he went to sort of do a? And this happened in the second half particularly where he went to sort of sort of spin the ball out of his hand and do a sort of half kick like maybe you see Pickford do. And he twice he completely fluffed it into the midfield and it went to a South End player. And that's something. He, you know, we've said it three or four times in this podcast over the start of the season, but his kicking definitely needs work. Yeah, it does. His kicking is is definitely, um, you know, this definitely is his weakest element of his game. Yeah, yeah. he's good at virtually everything else. You know, yeah, he's very yeah. solid, particularly for this level. But his, if he wants to play in the Premier League, and that's probably one of the reasons maybe why Huddersfield have loaned him out. Yeah, his kicking is not good enough, particularly even for the Championship. I'd say that's something that's not good enough. So that's something he definitely needs to work on. It's kicking out the hand. I think he struggles with more than off off the deck in some respects, which is quite quite odd. He seems all right when he's sort of you know got someone bearing down on him and he's got the ball on the floor. He seems to always get it away. But when he's trying to be a bit too clever, sometimes that's where it doesn't quite come off. So I'm sure that's something our goalkeeper coaches will work on with him, and we will obviously try and you know iron it out. But it was it was it, there was a couple of worrying moments in the second half when it happened. But um, it wasn't quite as you know bad as it was the moment could have been for South End later on. Did you remember this where there was a, a chance where Town had got in again and. Um, the South End player went to clear it and it hit his own, hit his own defensive player on his ass, didn't it? And almost started rolling back into the goal. Yeah, that was right <laughs> near the end of the game. Yeah, that was, was. quite um, quite embarrassing. Um, yeah, it was quite embarrassing. There was one um, kind of scary moment for Shrewsbury where they had a corner um, and Coleman couldn't get hold of it and sadly cleared oh, yeah. it away. Yeah. So there was quite a few little scrambles throughout the game. Um, and South End can, um, yeah, there was. I saw a South End fan on Twitter was commenting about how what a good game that Coleman had, and yeah, he definitely earned us um, the clean sheet. And he paid a big part in that. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of why I just brought it up. But he did play well overall, but it was just his kicking. I do what he does worry me sometimes. There was another moment in the second half I wanted to bring up, Ollie, which um, amused me intensely. And it brings us to Gilead <laughs> there. Was, there was, Gilead's brilliant. And I, I put on Twitter that when he can isolate a defender one-on-one, he looks like he fancies it. He's very reminiscent yep. of, say, a Sam Aston back in the day when he used to kind of pick the ball or up on the halfway Pugh. line. Yeah, or Mark Pugh, a little bit. But Sam Aston's the one that always sticks in my mind. He'd, he'd get the ball just coming up onto halfway, Sammy, and he'd see the left back uh, and he'd think, right, I 
I know if I can just get close to him, knock it past him and go. You know, he used to always normally have the legs to go. And Gilead's quick, proper quick. He's and, got faster, I think, as the yeah. games have gone on as well. Yeah, he's so different to, say, Rodman that we had last year. Very different type of player. But this was brilliant in the second half. He, he just sucked. This this guy who was playing um, right back for uh, for Southend must have been sick of Gilead because he'd done him two or three times in the first half and he did him once right at the start of the, the second half as well. And then late on in the second half, Gilead picked it up on halfway, just took a couple of touches as he was running. This defender started to come to him and Gilead could, was waiting. You could see for him waiting for the defender to come a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And when he got just close enough, Gilead knocked it straight down the line and he just started to go and all the defender could do was just lash a kick at him. The ball had gone miles away, hadn't it? And, and it was all he could do. And we, we then played on. They, they played an advantage because Gilead stayed on his feet and he almost actually got in. And then the referee came back to book him and the town fans in the West Ham, we were absolutely loving that booking because it was like the, the epitome of being completely done and just being like, I can't even bother chasing back. I just want to foul him because I'm just annoyed by it. But yeah, Gilead, he's, he's looking in the right danger when he gets playing against uh, isolated defenders like that. Yeah, he, he had a super game. And yeah, that right back is going to have nightmares about, about <laughs> yeah. him. He, um, yeah, absolutely skinned him. And yeah, good. I was pleased the referee went back and booked him. Then it was quite rightly he was booked at that point because yeah, it was cynical. And then yeah, he's just pure frustration. So yeah, it was a, a little smile. I'm sure Gilead enjoyed that. And um, yeah, it's a testament to how well he played and his pace is, yeah, is, is, is um, how should I put it? Yeah, it's a real weapon for us. Yeah. And he's created assists as well. So he's, you know, there was a, a couple of chances he created and obviously he set up uh, the Doherty goal. So fair play to him. He's, he's actually, you know, creating assists now as well. And that's something maybe he wasn't doing so well this so far this season. He, he wasn't necessarily, you know, turning all his chances into goals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So So fantastic to see him do well. And yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, and I think we've glanced over most of the second half. Uh, to be fair, Southend, you know, we've talk, talked about them having a few chances that Cox, I remember we had another, another chance where he blazed it over the bar in the second half. And, you know, it was a, a sort of an end-to-end game. We didn't play quite as well in some parts of it. We played pretty well in some parts of it. It was it sort of ebbed and flowed. It was a but, workman-like second half, wasn't it? it kind that's of what just, I said. Yeah. 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 And, and, but then we, we, I thought once we got to the last 10, 12 minutes, I thought we were really comfortable, actually. We, we did a sort of... I'm going to say it, the shoot town last season in terms of shutting games down. I think the shot was going to come on quite early on, actually. It looked like Angle was tiring, but he picked his game up a little bit. Um, so the shop had to put his jumper on and sit back down. But um, he eventually came on with, what, what, eight, nine minutes to go or something like that and did his usual job, the corner forward role, and he did it really well. You can't you can't argue with the way Shop came on and done his job on, on Saturday. That's what we kind of would have expected him to be doing this season, and he did it well. He helped us close the game out. And, you know, for as critical as we were about him last week for, for a starting performance and missing chances... For the role he was asked to come on on Saturday, he did it pretty well, didn't he? So we've got to give the guy a bit of balance, I guess. Yeah, no, he came on, did a job, didn't really do much. Was a, he had a, nope. he contributed, didn't he, to the um, the bit where they nearly kicked the ball into the back of their own net off their own player, yep. which was quite funny. Um, and he stuck him yeah, in the corner no, a few he, times and they couldn't get out. <laughs> he did, was, uh, <laughs> which was, yeah, quite funny. Obviously, thought your brother there when he coined him um, corner forward. Yeah, we're sticking with so, that. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so, yeah, it was a... I'd say, yeah, overall, very good performance and really nice football from town. Um, and, yeah, a well-deserved um, 2-0 victory, I'd say. Yes, I agree with you. And you can't be too critical. We've won 2-0 at home, clean sheet. There's just still still a couple of things there, you know, about how we played the three central midfielders and I'd say that they were three of our better players, yet we still let them create lots of chances. I can't quite get my head around why we didn't, when we dominated, or it feels like we dominated a game, we actually let a team 
create as much as they did and I'm not sure that'll come as time but it was it was a weird one to figure out in the first half particularly but yeah, yeah all in was. all chuffed it was it was quite weird because it was interesting comment that Askey said at half time that they got that number 10 seemed to have license so yeah we obviously had an extra man than them in that area um, I, I couldn't quite figure out what they did um, I wasn't really paying enough attention to that but maybe yeah. I don't know maybe Grant sat a bit more I'm not sure go on I was going to say Grant definitely played deeper second half I think yeah and definitely there was maybe too many times that they were running at our back four. Yeah, um, yeah, you could say that. But yeah, I um yeah, well, that's one one to look forward one to look out for, I think, yeah. um, the next few games how we work on that. But in terms of um South End, I'll say like there was definitely a standout player for them. Cox, who obviously played for Ireland, played for the Baggies, um, came through Swindon, um kind of caught the eye. He was their best player, wasn't he? And probably their keeper was maybe second for me. Cox was fantastic, and, and he's, I think he's played against us a few times before. And I always remember him having good games. He's a, I imagine in a good team, he's a great player, and he gets a lot of goals, and he, he is a real big influence in a team that's going to probably look like they might struggle a little bit at times, like in South End. He's obviously still going to stand out as a good player, but probably not contribute as much. But he, he's a sort of player that I would be quite happy to have at our club and be part of the mix. And um, yeah, he was definitely the standout player for South End. Incredibly lucky to, to not score, and lucky not to score to be honest with a couple of times. So. Yeah, he had a good game to be fair, but um, yeah, yeah, the keeper was decent as well, I guess. And, and other than that, I, I don't know, no one else really stood out to me. So that's what happens when you when you lose two 0 I guess. Um, so yeah, that was the end of the game. Final whistle went. It was a, it was a good hearty cheer, probably probably the best we've had for for, for this season, I would imagine. Um, and yeah, I have to say, one of the things I noticed at the end of the game, Ollie, was um, you know the fans came and clapped the clapped the um, sorry the fans the players came and clapped the fans, and then they all filtered in. And and as I was sort of going to start moving, I noticed Anthony Grant was just starting sort of a lap of honour, sort of looked like the lap of honour you do when you're about to leave the football club. And he went round every stand, including South End, and I believe he used to play for South End, so that maybe answers a question. Um, but he came right along the front of the West Stand, clapped everybody. Then he did the East, then he did the South Stand, and then the East Stand, and then he went to the sort of tunnel and he still didn't go in he then stood with loads of uh, town fans signing autographs and taking photographs and I thought do you know what you know we've talked about players as players and we don't at the moment we're not getting to see what they're like as people or professionals but to me that stood out to me as, as obviously he's one of the older pros now and he's not club captain or anything like that but he's obviously taken the role of being an, an older pro at the football club and I think that comes across as the sort of thing that fans like to see and I think if he continues to show that kind of passion and, and sort of pit on the pitch and also shows that kind of professionalism at the end of a game he's going to end up being a fan's favourite pretty quickly I think yeah and you're quite impressed by his boots weren't you and he wears old Preds doesn't he yeah old Predator boots well they're, 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 they're relaunch yeah yeah well, I, don't, I don't know if they are I was trying to oh, figure out know. which ones they are because the relaunch ones don't have a tongue like the ones he was oh, wearing okay. so know. I'm not sure if yeah he was wearing some quite old boots I'm not sure because the yeah anyway interesting and yeah it was quite impressive to see and he's, he's, he's really kind of settled now isn't he the team and uh, yes. yeah, he's a, it's a kind of a rock in the middle of the park that we need he was and you can't beat a pair of black and red Predators so there we go um, so yeah that, that was just my observation really on the end of the game for anyone that wasn't there and, and didn't see what, what was going on really so there we go we've had a question from a fan haven't we about the game on yeah. Uh, well, yeah so well we've had a question from Andrew Carter um, and it says Askey doesn't seem a fan of early substitutions certainly all I can remember from 80 minutes plus onwards are the ones he's made so far what do you think this is why, why do you think this is is it tactical is he trying to build the fitness is it a lack of faith in the bench or is it something else it's a good one isn't it I'm not sure It's, it's we got frustrated didn't we in a couple of games um, where we didn't make subs um, the yep. last home game against Bristol Rovers, we were quite frustrated that he maybe didn't make a change a bit earlier. 
it, I think it's often often as a as a fan, you get frustrated that the managers didn't make changes because you yeah. kind of like always want to see changes. So I think yeah, it's a bit of a, is a surprise. I think there's a few times that maybe you know we could have brought an extra striker or brought the Fay on or maybe brought um, Doherty or um, on you know in some of the other games earlier on Auburn on. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. I'm really not sure. I don't think I really got an answer. What about you, Glenn? For me, I think it's probably to do with this discussion we've had about him not having had a full preseason with the whole squad, and so yeah. essentially he's still just wanting to play his probably best team or as a consistent team, just get as many minutes together with him on the pitch as possible. I think it's probably a little bit of that at the moment, and you might see that this ASCII doesn't like substitutions thing. Sort of as we go through late September, October, November, might drift away. He might be more encouraged to stick a, a shop or a fay or someone else on because he'll know that they've they're all gelled. Do you know what I mean? Whereas at the moment, all he's trying to do is gel a good, consistent eleven at the moment. So I think it might have a little bit to do with that. I mean, Macclesfield fans, you know, never really gave us any indication as to whether he didn't or didn't like substitutions. So we'll just have to see how it goes. But for me, that's probably one of the reasons I think it might be happening. Yeah, I think it's a good answer, Clint. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's good, 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 good thought there. Mm. So top three then. I mean, we talked before we recorded the podcast, Ollie, and you were saying you were finding it difficult to pick a top three this week, and, and I think that was reflected across sort of social media as well in terms of people were all sorts of people were giving you know players great ratings, and everyone seemed to have a different uh, sort of um, player of the match. And interestingly, like Lewis Cox on on um, Twitter put his sort of Shropshire star vote out and got a lot of grief for not putting certain players in it. So it was interesting, wasn't it? And I think I've I've gone for who I'll go for mine. I've gone for Doherty as man of the match because. Uh, he got he got man of the match in the Sovereign Club and I think a lot of people thought he was man of the match for me I'm just going to take a step back now because we've not talked about him during the whole game his dynamism in midfield as as our attacking midfielder per se was absolutely fantastic and despite the little dips in performance during the game he didn't stop running he wants to try and get beyond the back line at times he wants to join up with the with the striker he on the ball is a fantastically hard working player where he's got a decent range of passing you know, you're starting to see something in him that maybe stands out above maybe all of the other players as a little bit of that sort of magic dust that you find every now and again in a Dean Henderson or a, you know, a Sully Kai Kai. You know, he might be the one for me if we've got in on loan this season that you really want to watch develop into something quite special because I thought his performance on Saturday was one of the best performances I've seen for a long time. Yeah, he's a he's a really good player. Fantastic. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how far he can go and how well he can perform for us this season. Yeah. Um, and I was yeah, I was really impressed with him. Yeah, as you say, I liked his runs and his willingness to get in the box and get in the danger area and run into those pockets. Yep. Yeah. Pockets and his face fi- and give an option. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's he's quite strong as well and he's not slow. So yeah, really, really good player. And yeah, I think we we're quite fortunate to have him on, have him on loan. There was a moment in the second half where he went on a big long lung bursting run and and sort of buffeted one player off and just wasn't going to stop and that's the sort of thing that you want to see now you want to see him driving us on and um, yeah stood out stood out as my man of the match by a mile and I, th- and I thought it was worth talking about him a little bit more specifically because it was such an impressive performance but um, I, I went for Grant second and I've just talked about how much I like him but I think uh, unlike Doherty you're going to get that Grant performance out of Grant every week he'll be he'll give you that performance consistently every week he'll be solid dependable he, he won't you know shine and bombing on and doing that that sort of more attacking stuff but he'll be a real good a go-go linchpin you know we're already starting to forget about a go-go aren't we but he definitely was that anchor point in the central midfield in the defensive area there was a lot of times where he would stroll back and stand between the two centre-backs and get the ball there he's very comfortable with the ball thought he was great I really really was impressed with Grant as well on Saturday and it was very close between the two of them but I think that Doherty just about put his head above it and then I went for the other centre-mid as my third place I went for Norbert he's obviously adapted had adapted his role a little bit with Doherty in the team so 
maybe he was the more attacking player. He still got forward quite a lot, but he was a little bit more reserved. And I thought played it very sensibly. And, and of all three of them, I thought his passing and his time and composure on the ball was maybe the best of all three of them. So for me, it just proves that that central midfield three, and Laurent obviously can t- dovetail with them as well, but I they won't lose many midfield battles this season, those three. I, th- I really am impressed with the, the three in central midfield. The three central midfielders are really good. And they are, I haven't seen many, many midfielders so far this season um, that are, you know would, would replace them. In yeah, League One, yeah. I think they yeah. they look really really solid, and I really struggled with my top three as I put out on Twitter earlier. Um, I put it on yesterday. Um, I had four players I could have put into the top three, and, and pretty much in any order really, especially yeah. the midfield three. So I went for um, for Grant um, first. I think just his composure and his quickness and his ability just to kind of hold and shield the ball really impressed yes. me. And he yeah really good at like kind of taking and and he's also a bit cheeky, wasn't he? He did that really funny where he went under the stand to get the ball just to waste time. <laughs> which I thought was really funny. He said, I bet he's a... I was saying, don't eat the chips. <laughs> so Grant had first, Doherty second, because, yeah, Doherty was fantastic. I went for Gilead first because I think he were, deserves the mention. Yep. Yep, um, but definitely. that's really that's really unfair on Norburn because Norburn was fantastic. And he's really fast at moving the ball. And also he seems to have great awareness of where everyone else is on the pitch. And very quickly he moves the ball and plays really good, accurate passing. Yep. Yeah, he was, he was, and so we talked about him a bit in the review, so it's probably not worth labouring the point, but yeah, he was fantastic. And again, another one we'll see develop, hopefully. But we've talked about the, 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 the top three, and we've talked about some of the players going through it as well, but we've not talked about Beckles, who looked much better and back to sort of some of his better play. We've not talked about Emmanuel, who I thought was fantastic, actually. He was another one I noticed you were almost putting your top three um, from what you've written on the agenda. And, and, you know, he was, he, do you know what he did in the second half as well, Ollie? He had a step over as well at one point, so. Oh, I didn't notice that. For me, there was a brilliant part. <laughs> in the first half where um and then their number their big striker had the ball and he just kind of like just jogged up and got the went in front of yeah. him got the ball and he yeah is effortless and yeah he's um he's a very um, powerful fullback and he's Coleman was brilliant yeah Coleman yeah. was fantastic um apart from his goal kicking that definitely needs improving but yeah he's shop stopping and yeah we seem seem quite calm I think it's just worth mentioning on a negative point so we won 2-0 but let's be fair we've got to have a bit of a balance here I'm getting a little bit concerned about waterfall. Yeah, I've, I've read that. That's a vibe that's come across from quite a few people. Because um, Sadler was 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 all right on Saturday again. You know, did yeah. did a normal Sadler job. Uh, didn't really get caught a position. Won all his headers. Yeah, but people people were very unsure about waterfall, and and it's taking it's a him bit a long slow, time. isn't he? I don't yeah. know. Does he? I'd like to see a race between Sadler and waterfall. So who's the fastest? <laughs> Funnily enough, he got in one of the teams of the week uh, in one of the papers today. Sadler, they might be the Express or something. I don't know what it was, but yeah, a bit weird. But um, yeah, you can't you can't be too negative because we kept a clean sheet and, and he did his job enough. But yeah, I, I I do get the vibe of of the defensive unit now. If you look at those four players, I think it's definitely waterfall that people want to be more critical about or want to say, "Well, oh, he's the one that might cost us." Um, obviously, he's given us a lot of penalties away, so that's probably why people think like that. But he didn't on Saturday, and so it's it's hard to be too critical. But certainly, there is an underlying vibe of what you've just said with a lot of town fans I think and um, yeah hopefully he puts in some more performances and we keep more clean sheets and everyone stops worrying about it but yeah I think that's fair, a fair thing to say Ollie. Um, so so three word match report so you'd be on boom would be surprised Glenn there was a lot more positivity out there this weekend. There was yeah no, le- much less swear words I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so yeah so there was some good ones so yeah so Dave Sambrook um, was about time too. Um, Alan Hughes of great teamwork um, Will Ford with We're Going Up which is a bit cheeky there kind of three four words there but he just about <laughs> sneaked in um, Dave Bach is saying Kenneth Lucky Charm so yeah Swedish Shrew Kenneth was over so that was good and he enjoyed the safe standard it sounds like he had a good weekend 
Yeah, we we we, we obviously uh, for anyone that doesn't know, we've moved mentioned the shrews the the Swedish shrews on the podcast before, and we actually tried to in the week get Kenneth to come on the podcast um, while he was back over in Shropshire this weekend, and I would I was going to go and meet him, but unfortunately he dropped us a line to say he didn't think his English was good enough, which I thought was a bit harsh because you met him before and, and you yeah, said his, his English, English was is good. Fine. So don't, Kenneth, if you listen to this, and we know you listen to the Salopcast, next time you come over, don't worry about your English, and we'll find some time to get you on the podcast and find out a little bit more about you. But he was a busy man. I follow him with friends on Facebook, and he's a busy man. He had a lot of appointments. Maybe he was just being polite, Glenn, and saying he's too busy for us. He was too busy drinking in the three fishes. That's what I was going to say. He was a busy man, but it seemed like a lot of what he was doing was drinking real ale and choosing pubs, (laughs) which to me doesn't strike me as overly busy. But I'm sure if you only get to come over once or twice a year and you wanted to sample the Shropshire lifestyle, then, yeah, why not? Why not get in the pubs and and enjoy what we do as a, as a lifestyle but um, yeah there we go so yeah he, he had a good day didn't he and, and yeah there was a couple more in the, the three word match reports wasn't there yeah so Paul Owen said about bloody time and um, Paul Lantham saying climbing the ladder but a lot of optimism out there and a lot of happy fans so that was good to see yeah, monkey off the back and everyone was a bit more chuffed weren't they and yeah Askey was a bit more chirpy wasn't he this week as well he was. He was very happy. He um, started his post-match with Stuart Dunn with a cheeky smile on his face, um, wearing a suit. So I don't know if that was, yeah, it was the first time, but I've never seen him in um, interview yeah. post-match in a suit before. So that was interesting. Um, so yeah, he was he was relieved. You could tell that. So yeah, he said we started well and the game the goal came at a good time. I'm um, pleased with the amount of chances created. He said there's still things for us to work on, which alludes to your point, Glenn. You know, there's definitely things for us still to work on. Definitely, yeah. Um, we we could have conceded, um, and all round play from Angle and Doherty was good. He felt Doherty was sorry, not he thought that um, Angle was tra- harshly treated by the by the um, by the referee, yes. which was a bit frustrating. Yeah, he was. I noticed that in the second half, he was like two times where he sort of just sort of shoulder shouldered someone off the ball, which was completely fair, you know, in terms of the rules of association football. And the referee pulled him up for it, and he looked annoyed, didn't he? Angle, to be fair, and he was giving the referee a bit of chip back, but you know, within the, within the laws of the game, so he was, didn't get booked or anything. But yeah, he was he was he was pulled up a couple of times. I can't remember he got booked actually later on. I'm not too sure he might have done even for for a bit of an innocuous play. But yeah, he didn't he didn't deserve, he, he deserved a bit more out of the referee for sure. Yeah, it was the same. I mean, in the in the Luton game, um, the referee didn't seem to like him, um, and I'm not sure. Yeah, he didn't seem to. Maybe I don't know if it's he did get booked in the game. Uh, you're right, yeah, Glenn. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I thought we did. Yeah. But I don't know whether it's just our blue and amber t- and tinted glasses on. But yeah, I didn't really see him do that much wrong. Um, there's a few times no. where their defender pretended he got elbowed, and then he was fine five seconds later. So I don't know. Maybe it's just something he needs to. Um, yeah, means me to me. Maybe he needs to take some of the referees and introduce himself, and yeah, be a bit friendly. Maybe the, maybe well, maybe they don't know who he is, so he's he's getting a bit a bit treated harshly. He thinks he's having it bad. Then did you, did you see about Wilfred Zahar on Saturday and his post match yeah, interview? Yeah, I saw Jesus. that. So at least it doesn't got to that point yet. No. It was yeah, he was pretty unhappy. Um, so yeah, so Askey said, yeah, the wind gives us confidence and belief, um, and he was quite um, clean to kind of yeah make a point about how good the fans were, and he's really pleased with their how they stuck with the team, and he said that he's shown he they we have shown him what good supporters we are, so that was good. So yeah, so all round um, yeah, everyone left pretty happy, and yeah, uh, things to work on, but overall a good win and nice to score, nice to score a goal and open play. It was, and as you say, as we've said, I don't think we've said it so far, but there's not much news outside of the match this week. We just had the one game, but in terms of you know good news, we both managed to predict that she would win last week. So we both didn't get the score completely right. You went for a two-one win, I went for a one-nil win. Obviously, we were both sort of the either side of those results. So both of us get a point, and it means I'm leading two-one still. After I think it was the Bristol Rovers game, I got a point in. So quite close this season. So yeah, that's the prediction competition, and obviously we'll be looking forward now to Scunthorpe away. So um, I remember turning around to you at half time, and we were having 
around and chatting. I was saying, are you going to Scunthorpe, Ollie? And I think you said you're probably not going to, or you're not sure not yet. Not sure um, yet. Yeah, I'm going to Scunthorpe. I'm taking the kids. Um, already booked in to play mini golf in Sheffield on the way there with uh, with the kids. So that'll be good fun. Um, I'll break the day up a bit. But yeah, it's an interesting one, now, isn't it? Because obviously we've, we've won, got that first win, and it was an impressive performance in, in parts. And so, you know, we should be buzzing to get back to Scunny. We won there last year. You know, they're only, you know, I think they're 15th, aren't they, in the league? They're not having a fantastic Yeah, start. they're 15th. So they sat their manager, Stuart McCall's their manager. Um, yeah. They lost 5 0. Um, to Fleetwood um, which was kind of enough for Dawes to get sacked yeah. um, the last three games in the league um, they've drew away at Accrington 1-0 um, they drew with Rochdale at home 3 all, and they beat Wimbledon 3-2 so yeah, yeah it's a good chance there's going to be some goals um, in this game yeah Jeez, well, yeah, that's just interesting, isn't it? It could be three, three again, but yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this game with a bit more confidence. Um, but I, I've been scuffed a lot of times, and, and generally, I always feel like we had a bad track record there outside of last season. So I'm going to pes- pessimise my prediction with the, the general vibe of going to Scunthorpe. So I, I'll be happy, and I think probably most fans would be with a, with a draw there, to be honest with you. And um, so I'm going to go for a one-one draw, Ollie. Oh, I typed it, so you knew. You were literally I was just typing it as I said that. Yeah, one all. <laughs> I think one all as well. I'd be happy. I'd obviously delighted with a win, but um, yeah, uh, carry the um, the unbeaten um, run going um, and get a point away from home um, against what is a good, decent squad. Um, and it'd be interesting, yeah, for obviously for you to see another team, Glenn. So I'm, I don't know, probably sixty forty in, in terms of not going uh, at the moment. But yeah, we'll see how the week goes. It's not an iFollow this time. It's not an international break, so you can't watch it on iFollow. And we should just really sort of... I think it's probably worth rounding the podcast off here, isn't it? But, yeah, you've been chasing down a refund from iFollow, Ollie. How are you getting on with that? Yeah, I'm not... I'm not giving up. So they were emailing and they stopped. So I thought on behalf of all Salopians, I thought I'd phone up. Um, and they said that they're still looking at it. Um, and they, the, the lady on the phone um, mentioned to me that they've had a lot of emails. So um, it sounds like to me it wasn't just our game that had issues. Um, so it'd be interesting yeah. to see... Um, Interesting to see how that one turns out. But yeah, at least get our money back. And even if it's just, I'm obviously going to pay £10 again to watch a game at some point. So, yeah, if, if it's giving me a credit, I'll be happy with that. But yeah, I'll keep that one going and yeah, let everyone know how it turns out. Good stuff, Ollie. You're the man, you're like the man, the, what's the guy that's the sort of community, <laughs> the, the guy that gets everyone their refunds? Martin Lewis, money saving expert. Shrewsbury's version. You can take that on, yeah. You can be the shoe version of that. So there we go. Let's leave it at that. Onwards and upwards, Ollie. It's time to time to stop worrying about not winning and, and looking forward to trying to put a decent, well, continue what is now you know that unbeaten run. Um, start putting a few more wins in the in the column for us. And uh, yeah, who knows? In a few weeks' time, we might be starting to think about what's above mid table. So yeah, let's be positive. Look forward to the next few weeks and and some some tr- tricky games. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next Sunday. Thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, catch you on the catch you on the flip side. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Oh!